good to see you. You too. I can't, I, I'm having trouble getting my head around this. I mean, this is not a very original thing to say, but 2020 just sounds like the future. You I'm having what? trouble with it. I'm not because I have decided, since anybody who listens to the podcast knows that the last 10 years of my life have been absolute <laughs> shit, <laughs> that this is going to be the roaring 20s for me. Mm. I'm going to become a <laughs> flapper. Right. A Jensen kind Ebs of flapper. Fitzgerald just <laughs> partying up. Excellent. Yeah, Good well, for you. I kind of did that in the last, uh, <laughs> last uh, century. So, yeah. Well, you look great. You're wearing an awesome sweater and you look gorgeous. Well, I can tell you why. One of my New Year's resolutions was to try and change things up a bit. Okay. So I was surfing around and I found two times within three days this guy, Wim Vim, I guess it would be like Wim Vendors, uh-huh. Hoff from the Netherlands. Okay. And he's known as the Iceman. And he has this technique. I practiced it today. Okay. What it is, is there's three pillars to it. It's so simple. There's just the commitment to do it. Okay. It's like um, meditating in a way, but it's like these really, really deep breathing. So you breathe in to your belly, then up to your chest, and then imagine breathing right into your head. Mm-hmm. And then you exhale. Do this 30 times, and then you stop breathing. <laughs> Forever? Obviously, <laughs> I, not, obviously you You're don't die now, are you? Yeah. yeah. When I tried it today, you know, I did the whole 30 times. Yeah. It was about 10-minute meditation, actually. Okay. And when you're doing such active breathing, there's no time for any monkey brain to get going. Right, right, You know, right. you're just like, oh, where's the breath? And I have a hard time breathing in the belly. The next thing you have to do is, I don't know how many of you out there have seen Atomic Blonde. I just watched it again, like, two nights ago. Yeah. It's well, awesome. This, yeah, there's this awesome scene that when Charlize Theron gets into this ice bath. Yeah, because she's been beaten up, so she's the ice is like is, to deal with the... Well, that's what yeah. I thought, uh-huh. but it's also part of the Wim Hof method. I did not put ice cubes in, I will confess, okay. but I ran my tub right to the top. Yeah. Ice cold running water. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> after doing all the breathing. Right, yeah. It didn't slosh over the top or flood the place. Uh-huh, anything. good, good. And... I screamed at the top of my lungs. I was like, oh, oh my God, I've got to get out. I've got to get out. I've got to yeah. get out. I've got to get out. Yeah. But I said, I'm staying. I'm staying. I'm staying. I'm uh-huh. staying. And I'm going to stay for a minute. And I stayed for almost three. Wow. It was amazing. I really wanted to sink my head in, my face in too. But I've got earwax, so I didn't want to get this <laughs> We all have our limits, girl. Yeah, yeah and, and also my hair. Right. <laughs> yes. And then when I got out, I thought I would just have to, you know, run in a great terror and, you know, hop into the, under the covers and yeah. stuff. And instead, I ran around the apartment in a towel and washed my floors. Right, so you felt energized and fine. And sang cabaret at the right. top of wow. my lungs. Yeah. So that's super interesting. And I did look uh, up a little bit. You sent me uh, stuff from his website and stuff. Obviously, with something like this, is controversial, right? Like yes. there are a lot Here of people who the say... skeptic. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I am, I'm of two minds about this thing. Like on the one hand, I think, A, there are more things in heaven and earth than have dreamt up in your philosophy. As a yoga person, like I'm, there's a lot of breath retention and what you're talking about, which sounds like complete breathing, where you breathe into the belly and the sides of the risen up into the top of the lungs and, and then exhale the other way. Like so, and I have experienced the benefits of that in my own life. And I think meditation and breath work is super important and something that we 
really overlook in our contemporary life. Yeah. So I did think all that was cool, but part of it is just that when you're talking about human responses, because you can't like experiment on humans the way you can experiment on rats or whatever, like yeah. it's hard to sort of say like what exactly is going on there, right? Like so they had things where they tested a group of practitioners of this method versus a control group mm-hmm. for how they responded to some type of like immune stress type of thing. And the people in his Vim group did better, but like you can't isolate the one thing, right? It's like the practice, it's the breathing, it's the cold. And also, how do you know like the people who are like committed to doing this? Are they people who are not just, no, no, <laughs> just like physiologically predisposed? You know what I mean? Like there's a sort of, is it, maybe there's a self-selection bias there. In I did of, it, Nora. Who, <laughs> I did it. Anyway, my only point is to say, A, it's controversial. I'll put some links up. There, there's a lot of like, oh, this can cure rheumatoid arthritis and autoimmune. Like there's a lot of, and also even at his website, he says scientific proof. Like it's not scientific proof. That's not accurate. Okay. There's some evidence. Okay. Now I'm coming out in defense of him. <laughs> the guy climbed Mount Kilimanjaro in shorts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The and guy I mean, ran a, a number of miles across the Arctic Circle in, um, bare feet. Yeah. One of the critiques of it is that he has an identical twin brother who has some similar functionality, even though he's totally oh, so sedentary. Oh, kind of like development. <laughs> so they think it has something, like maybe it's something genetic with him. All I'm saying is like, A, let's have a little bit of skepticism, but it's inherent in these types of things, much as they've done a lot of experimentation with yoga practitioners. It's inherently difficult to kind of prove anything about them, which doesn't mean that you shouldn't Try it out. Try it out, right? As long as you're not giving yourself a heart attack by getting into ice baths, doing breathing, and like as long as you're being safe with it, why not? Like if it works for you, you look great. So I'm just out of my ice bath. It reminded me that Paul Newman used to do that in the morning. He would put his whole head under a ice water, ice That's water. That's right. And Catherine Hepburn good. too. <laughs> Catherine Hepburn always swore mm. by ice cold showers. Mm. It's really supposed to be really good for anxiety. So I'm going to try it for that because that was my thing for this year was just going to be one of my um, New Year's resolutions was going to be to get back to meditation and get away from, I will admit it, antidepressants because yeah. they don't really work. And I'm mm. still, you know, mm-hmm. anxious as hell. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> if I have to sit in an ice bath for five hours a day, <laughs> Screaming. You'd be too cold to be anxious. That's right. (laughs) Now you have something. Yeah, I thought um, I would talk a little bit about kind of predictions and resolutions, given that it's um, beginning of the new year, new decade. One thing that really struck me as I was looking, partly when we we were looking for stories last time, but um, but also just thinking about you know Spark and stories for the future, I was really surprised by how few predictions there were. Like usually at the beginning of a new year, people are like full of, especially in the tech world, predictions for the year. Oh, yeah. But this year... Remember 10 years ago, my God. Yeah, I mean, this year there seemed to be a lot of, like, looks back and a lot of, oh, how did all the promise of technology and social media go absolutely pear-shaped in the last decade? But not a lot of, like, looking forward, which I found interesting. And I think it's partly because it feels like we went through this whole period of this, like, tsunami of tech development and overdevelopment and stuff yeah. and now it feels like there's been this like sober reckoning and the wave has pulled back but we don't know what's coming next it feels like everybody's like okay now what actually Kara Swisher who is always fantastic she had a what a great article thank yeah, you yeah for her so like I don't consider her like a tech certainly not a tech utopian but she's often quite critical of big tech anyway but she has this surprisingly optimistic predictions in the New York Times so there's a bunch of them but two of the ones that really caught my eye and the thing that I found interesting about what she's doing is she's saying 
Like essentially, here's a business case. Hey, entrepreneurs out there, think about solving this business problem to get rich, not like because you should, but like as as a kind of motivation. So one of the things that she talks about that I think is probably absolutely true is the investment in green tech. And she makes this kind of offhand comment about, you know, the next trillionaire is going to be a huge innovator exactly. in green tech, right? The other one that caught my eye was kind of making a business case for depolarizing social media platforms, which are kind of built on, you know, outrage and emotion and extremism yeah. now as a driver for engagement. That one, in a way, I'm slightly less, I would like to believe that that's possible, except that I feel like that rage and emotion thing is so hardwired into who we are as human beings. That nasty. seemed to be a, nasty. We're assholes. It's a problem. Yeah, baseball. <laughs> we're all assholes. That seemed a little We were trickier. assholes when we crawled out of the cave. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know if you had any thoughts about uh, her article. I really enjoyed it. And mm. I agreed with absolutely everything mm. that she had to mm-hmm. say. I yeah. just really enjoyed reading it. Mm-hmm. I, I don't have anything to add. <laughs> <laughs> Folks should definitely read it. Yeah, I'll definitely put and a link to it. It's not although, long. Remember, when, maybe this was back in October mm-hmm. when I said it was going to be up to the young people and the artists to come yep. up with green solutions. Yep. And you said, well, I think maybe it's more businesses and the governments to uh-huh. do that. I don't think governments and businesses will ever be. Well, business maybe, but the governments come and go every four years. Mm-hmm. I think the only way around it is insane tax breaks. But anyway, I thought, so I thought that was interesting, but I also thought in the spirit of it being the beginning of a new year, I feel like a lot of people feel, you know, a bit powerless. And so I thought like, what would be some actual like resolutions I could put into place in my own life about having a healthier relationship with technology? And, and I came yeah. up with three things. One was put down the phone. Like, Will you do that? Yeah. And I'm not, I know you think I'm addicted to my phone. I'm, I, I'm not a person who's like always on my phone like that, but I do have this thing where, you know, if I have an idle few minutes on the streetcar or whatever, I will like scroll through my phone. And I feel like that is getting in the way of like a lot of creative and productive time yeah. in my own mind. I think we have to frame it as like a war over our attention tech companies are not going to get my hard-won attention. I also think another thing for me is like about conscious consumption, trying to avoid the plastic, if you can afford it, really trying to avoid fast fashion. We've done a lot of stories on the show about the environmental consequences of fast fashion. Um, I think it was The Current, some CBC show had a thing about the number of clothing returns that basically just go straight into landfill because it's so cheap to produce it. It's more than like restoring them and putting them back out on the shelves or back into the warehouse. That's just disgusting. It is disgusting. It is disgusting. And we all have, not we all have, a lot of us have enough money to have more clothes than we actually need. Um, Are you talking about my new sweater? No. (laughs) And that's the thing. You don't have to feel guilty about it. Like you can actually get a thing that you, and you're really, you're way better at this than I am. Like you buy good quality things that you take care of and you hold on to them. And that I think is more like buy the best quality that you can afford if you can afford it. Do your best to take care of it. I spent a lot. I did a lot. Now I'm feeling really bad. I did a lot of conspicuous consumption this year. <laughs> All you have to do is keep it until 2050 and you'll be fine. <laughs> and the last thing for this is more yeah. of a personal resolution for me is just really, really spending more time outdoors yeah. and more time in nature. To your point about Vim Hof, yeah. I really do think Canadians, other than Quebecers and people in the Arctic, are in real denial about the fact that we live in a cold climate and about just embracing being outside, embracing being in nature in winter as well as in summer. Those are my three goals. Good for you. Mm -hmm. Well, that was like my big surprise. We're getting into that cold, freezing cold tub. Yeah. 
and finding that my body was actually made me feel good. All right. Well, we wanted to get together partly because we wanted to see each other. We've yes. seen each other since before the holidays, but also um, to wish everybody a happy new year. Yeah. All have the a best. great next decade, folks. Absolutely. Okay. All right. Bye. Bye. <laughs>